If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we have an awesome guest. Brian Donnelly is a writer, director of Weeds in the Dark and many other cool things, like so many cool things that I'm always seeing. He was born in Würzburg, Germany, and spent his early years in Lederhosen, skiing and climbing the cheese and sausage-strewn hills of Bavaria and putting on elaborate puppet shows. What? I'm just saying hi to people. Okay, good. Brian, Brian's greeting everyone. He... He was climbing the cheese and sausage-strewn hills of Bavaria and putting on elaborate puppet shows with puppets he designed with his grandmother. He went on to become a directing fellow at the American Film Institute, AFI, and graduated from the prestigious directing program in 1999. His short films have played in festivals around the world. While attending the AFI, he met his writing partner, Michael Urban, where together they wrote Saved, the film was produced by Sandy Stern and Michael Stipe of Single Cell Pictures and starred Jenna Malone, Mandy Moore, Macaulay Culkin, and Mary Louise Parker. Saved premiered at the 2004 Sundance Film Festival and was distributed by MGM UA. But now I feel like you direct every single show that I've ever heard of. Like, you've directed so many things in the last few years, right? Yes. Also, I want to say I didn't write these and I don't write... Um, in the dark, I'm executive producer on In the Dark, and I, um, I, um, I'm the producing director. Okay, got it. Thank you for clarifying that. You can't trust the internet when you start reading no. these things on the internet. So thank you for clarifying. By the way, fun fact: Jenna Malone subleased my place in Los Feliz when she was doing one of her movies, Small World. Oh, interesting. How are you where, today, where Brian? Where, where, was that? where was that? That was on Kingswell Avenue. We used to say all's well at Kingswell. Uh, is that off, uh, is that right near AFI? It's actually right in Los Feliz by Home Restaurant. Got it, got it, got it, got it. That's the street of Home Restaurant. Anyway, I'm so happy you could join us today. You look very dapper. You look like you've been on an, an island in the sun. Basking. I've been on the island of my balcony. That is a nice island, I've heard. My whole thing with this pandemic is to do as many weird things that I can discover about the place I live as possible. Really? So, for instance, like, I, <laughs> I saw a friend of mine this earlier. I was on the balcony. I was putting Hawaiian Tropic Tan on. I had music from the 80s on. And I was basically, and I and I highlighted my hair in my bathroom. So I was basically a seventeen-year-old. I was my seventeen-year-old <laughs> self. This is everything I did when I was seventeen. <laughs> Fun, getting back to your roots, literally and figuratively. Um, I really want to talk about your social media presence because I really admire 
you're, you're, I don't know what's happening over there, but I always see photos of you. I see TikToks. I see like, you're just out there doing it. Like I can't even keep up. Like what is your process with that? How do you do that? I, I, Kelby, um, I have no process. My process on social media is Twitter is for getting in fights with people. Instagram is sort of for like movie stuff, movie friends. Facebook is for family. TikTok is to be weirdly creative in a world that I totally don't fit in. But I don't have any sort of objective. I try to do all of it as if no one's watching. And if anyone responds, I'm always pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, someone, someone looked at my Facebook page or, or my someone watched a TikTok. I have one TikTok that has 75,000 views. Wow. Why? What do you think the secret is to that one? Like, what's the really special stuff? I think that's the only secret. What? I think I look really cute in it. Hey, David. I think I look really cute in it. I think that's the secret. You have to look fucking adorable, and you have to have a ring light, and it's like a lot of work. Yes, you inspired me to get my ring light. You told me exactly which one to order, and I love it. So thank you. It's life-saving. Life-saving. How do you know, like, all this information? I guess that's what you went to school. Did you learn this stuff in school, or you just pick it up as being a director? Like, all, like, the lighting stuff. And the social media stuff, like it's weird knowing people. Hi guys. Because you know, a lot of directors they just direct, and they don't want to be visible on social media in any way, shape, or form. So it's like, how do you come by that inclination? I have no idea. I'm trying to think. Um, I think part of being a director is being aware of what's going on in the world and all sort of avenues of self-expression. And if I'm not aware of that, how can I translate what I do to people who are living in the world? You know? yeah. So I feel like it just makes sense to, uh, um, uh, it just makes sense to try to be, you know, like I do virtual reality, I do, I just try to do all of it so that I'm always part of the world not too far behind, not too far ahead. I love it. And what is your directing process? Like when you get a directing gig, like how do you go about that? Well, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Let me think. How do I go about uh, My directing gigs are, I never think I'm going to work again. It's fucking horrible. I do a ton of research. I do a ton of uh I, I do storyboards, I do lookbooks, I try to do everything I can do to convey to the person that's hiring me that, that this is what I will help, this is how I will um, express myself, or uh, uh, this is what I will, these are the tools I will use to, um, to uh, for your show. Or if it's my own project, then it's the same thing. I want to communicate with a producer or a studio um, my uh, work. Know, like this is exactly how I see it. This is, this is the exact color palette. These are the exact kind of actors I want to, uh, type of actors I want to be in the show. So that sort of thing. So I try to be extremely thorough. I'm extremely thorough on set. I'm extremely thorough in prep. Um, I try to, I will spend hours, like when I go, let's say I go on location and shoot a show, I will spend hours and every weekend moment thinking about that episode um and i know that a lot of people don't do that 
But yeah. to me, it's I want to go in as prepared and as thoughtful as possible. Cool. So you just are all about total preparation and you're kind of consumed by whatever project you're doing. Yes. That's great. And um, I guess I could have just said it like that's way short. No, I, I get it. I'm the same way. What, um, what, like when you're working with actors, what's your kind of, you have like some secret special sauce thing that you do or like, how do you get those performances that you need? Well, what I do on, on a TV show, I rehearse, which I don't think a lot of people do. I will, I will block a scene lightly for camera. So camera can get started. Um, I will, um, uh, and then I will take the rehearsal offset and I will spend as much time as we have to find stuff in the scene that's exciting. Because I think you can only get to a, uh, you can only get to a certain bit, amount of creativity if you're doing it on set. But if you can take it offset, we have discovered so many cool things. Like, what if you did this? What if you did the exact opposite of what you were thinking? Um, how, where, what if, just a lot of what ifs and asking questions and having fun. And, Really, I feel like I have to create a place where they feel safe, and then, but I also have to feel safe too. Like I'm the first one to say this could be a terrible idea, but what about this? Um, and then, you know, most actors are, you know, awesome, and they'll 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 play. Yeah, but I, I, that's the main thing. It's really to to give them a chance to rehearse, um, to never let them feel like they're leaving set without if they, feeling like they haven't. Uh, feeling good, you know, like some people are, are fine. Uh, some people are fine no matter what, um, but some people, you know, like they'll want another take, they'll want another uh, opportunity and just want to make, make sure that they feel taken care of and safe. Yeah. So I, like, yeah just like the same thing we all want. Yeah. I love that. I agree too. Rehearsal is like. Cool. Um, and no yeah. one does that. I can't yeah. tell you how many shows I've been on including my own no one rehearses. Yeah. It's very rare that I have a director come on the show and rehearse. Yeah, it really is just night and day. And then you have that safety net because you've worked it out. Blocking yeah. too. Blocking's huge too. Like if you yeah. just sit there and think yeah. about I like to go in with a like a pretty good idea of the blocking. Um because when I first started <laughs> I was like, well let's find it. And on on TV especially you just don't have time to find it. So I try to come in with like a a very loose spot. Here's what I'm thinking. This is the this is the, this is the world I'm thinking. This is kind of right where we are. This seems to make the most sense. Like you've got to get out this door at the end of the scene. So you know that sort of thing. But really trying to come in with all that figured out so that we can. To me, every second, every second of um, our time should be spent on rehearsing, not figuring out blocking or figuring out what cup you're going to pick up, you know, like hopefully those things are, are, are in general, uh, ready to go. Like we don't have to spend time on that. We can spend time on the words. Did lighting just change? Cause it looks really weird on my end. It did change. It, uh, something happened on your end. I don't know, but, um, that is bizarre, but you know what? Um, it keeps changing to be like a, Sorry guys, we're on, we're on Instagram Live and the, we're we're having the filters are are changing. Um, have you had any personal challenge on challenges on the way to your illustrious directing career, David? Um, no, 
<laughs> okay, that's great. And how did you manage that? Uh, just lucky. Hey, Mandy. Mandy, I was my costume designer on the pilot I did called uh, um, True Fiction. She's amazing. The six, I know. Cool. My, my challenges are honestly, um, um, you know, it's, it's always about being honest with who you are in the world and how you see the world being right size, being a worker among worker, how can you be of service to the people you work with? And when you lose sight of those things, I find like those, um, I find then everything becomes difficult, especially as an executive producer on a TV show. Like if you're not thinking about how you can be helpful for the season, for each episode, with each actor, with each guest director, then it becomes a nightmare. Um, but yeah, challenges, um, you know, I, I obviously, a lot, I think a lot of people on your, your show may or may not be sober. <laughs> um, so, you know, I got, so I was, I got sober when I was very young and then, um, I got sober again, uh, after I made my first movie. And so there are some challenges of getting back on, um, getting back on the right track and being able to do this work I love again, because I've lost it all. That's a very hard thing to admit. How did you, you, so you lost your whole career and then you had to get it back? Yeah, essentially. How did you do that? What I did was, um, um, I finally got a job and I did a really good job on that job. And then I got another job and I did a really good job on that job. And I had to take a lot of shows that were um, uh, not at the same level as where I stopped my career. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to put down any of those shows I did because I've, I've loved every single one of them. Like there's not a show that I've done that I haven't loved um, because I love what I do. But at the time it was, um, uh, it looked if my, my my career trajectory looked weird. It went from doing like Showtime and A-list shows to very much back burner shows, and it took time time to um, to age, start getting that momentum built up, and then to develop my own shows, which I was able to um, 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 turn into a series. I didn't get picked up, but it was close, you know. Like, I mean, what happened that was so bad that you, how did you burn everything down? Uh, I just locked myself in my apartment and did drugs for three years, six years, or three, three years of just being bad. So people would call and you just wouldn't answer the calls yeah, and stuff. You just weren't yeah. available. No. no. Wow. I, didn't do anything. I don't remember doing anything on set that would cause me not work again I just dropped out you dropped out of society what kind yeah. of what kind of drugs were you doing um, do I have to talk about all that no 
if not if you not if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. It's supposed to be fun. <laughs> anyway, it was bad. I guess the, the, if I have a message, really the thing I want to say to people is um, like, don't give up. I think I, you were talking. Your last person was saying she didn't get her first writers room until she was thirty-seven. Like, don't ever count yourself out. Like, I didn't even go to film school until I was in my late thirties. Really? And, um, and then. Then I burned it all down, and then I had to burn, build it all back up again. And in every turn, it felt like, oh, this is, um, this is not, this is, um, this is never going to happen again. And it's just life, just isn't like that. You just have to all kind of, you have to kind of let it play out. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for saying that. And I, I agree. I have the same, very similar experience. Did you, um, like, what did help you sort of get back on track? Did you have any like pointers or did somebody tell you anything that helped you kind of just get like, what helped you get back in the game? Honestly, it was just having an opportunity to, to work like somebody out of the blue hired me to do a job and uh, I didn't have to interview. They didn't ask right in the past six years. They just asked, hired me to do this job and I did it and I was scared to death. I was so scared. I was so scared I was going to blow it. Um, and um, I, I mean, at the end of the episode, I cried. I broke down. Like, I, I was so grateful. I was so grateful. And that, I guess that's the big difference from when I started. Uh, I just assumed that this is how my life was going to be. You know, I had a film that was very successful, and I had, um, I had done a TV show that was very successful. And I was just like, oh, this is how it happens. And then it all went away. And then, um, and then to be, um, you know, it's humbling. And it's, but humbling, being having some humility is a gift. You know, it, it's changed everything. It's made, I think it's made me a better director. I think it's made me a better person. I think it's better, made me better. Um, I gave Allison 100 bucks to say that. <laughs> Allison um, says, Brian is one of the kindest, most genuine people I've met. And this has been the I'm sentiment. Gonna, I'm going to Venmo that to you. <laughs> this sentiment has been echoed by many on the IG Live thread. Um, okay, let's go to some questions from our audience. What would you say to anyone aspiring to have a directing career? Oh, this is my favorite thing. I feel like if you want to be a director try it because it's so hard <laughs> and if there's one if you'll give up you'll just give up if you if you can't do it um the flip side i'll say is um, um don't give up like if you it's something you really love like i had this weird belief of myself that i could do it and i didn't really believe um in many things um um i, I did another one of these and i really paid way too much attention to the comments so uh, okay, let's go to this other question. What yeah. was your favorite show you have directed and why from Dare Be Thinks? I'm going to say, aside from the show I do now, which I love, In the Dark, which is phenomenal. Every week is amazing. Where can people watch Every, it? It's on the CW right now. It just started. So we're on the third episode on Thursday at 9. Uh, the first season is on... Um, the first season is on um, uh, Netflix. Uh, it was, I think it was, it's the number one CW show on Netflix, I believe, um, 
which is exciting. But aside from that show, which I love, um, I, I like I said, I love all of them. I think for me, as a as a uh, uh, someone who loves horror, I did a show called um, um, Scream, which I love. I love being covered in blood. I love the people I've worked with. I love doing horror. I loved all of it. I loved every second of it. Fabulous. Okay, here's another question from Allison. What are the top two attributes that you think a director should bring to the set every day? I, top two. Hmm. Don't drink coffee because it will make you nuts and agitated. And two would be be of service. Like every second should be how can I help this actor? What, how can I prepare for the next scene? How can I, what can I work on tomorrow? How can I communicate to the cast and crew so they know what's happening? Like constantly thinking like how I can be helpful, constantly thinking about how I can be helpful. I love it. And so simple, but so powerful. It directs every, every single thing I do. And it's made my life, uh, it's made my job worth, worthwhile. Great advice for anyone in any career, really. Uh, here's a question. What is Brian currently working on and what has been his greatest directing challenge from Kate Miller? Well, I'm currently working on um, In the Dark. We, Like I said, our, our season two just came out and we are about to go back into season three. Of course, no, we don't know what's happening. So um, what I'm trying to do I just got the script for the first episode. I've talked to my, my crew and my cast. And we're trying to figure out like how we're going to keep everybody safe. My my main concern is that we don't, you know, I don't even know if it's worth getting all that information together. But at least I'll know what people are afraid of and what they're looking out for, so I can add, so I can be aware of that when I start. So uh, there's that, and then during this hiatus, um, my writing partner and I are writing a. Uh, TV, another TV pilot, which is interesting enough. My, hi, Kara. Kara's my favorite. Right? I came on set for it in the dark. Um, my, I found my brother and sister uh, while, about a month and a half ago. I was adopted. That's and right. So we were talking about like sort of this whole adoption dynamic and all the people that are in your, um, in that world and how, how they all figure into the equation. So we are putting that together. So it's fun to work on that too. Oh, cool. So you're writing a script about finding your, your siblings. It's more, I think it will already take place after they've been found. Um, but mm, you know, my writing partner and I try to do the, the, the instead of like a big brother and a, a little brother and a little sister, it's just going to be two little sisters. Um, so be, there will be no little brother. I love it. And what's your, your writing process with your, your partner? This is your same partner from AFI. Yeah. Uh, our writing process cha has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say mostly we brainstorm a lot. And uh, sometimes Mike will go off and write a first draft. Sometimes I will go and write a first draft. Uh, sometimes we will sit in a room and write together. Sometimes it just depends. Honestly, depends. Sometimes I'll go through and do a dialogue pass. Sometimes. I mean, it, it tends, I tend to be the one that comes up with the ideas and tend to be the one that comes up with the characters. I tend to be the one that comes up with the dialogue, but Mike is the one that is able to make 
that makes sense. And he's a gifted writer. So I'm more like a madman. Okay, cool. It's not completely conducive to writing. And so you guys don't have any set schedule, like you write every day. No, Mike does. Mike is like a real writer. Mike writes two hours every day, uh, except for weekends. He and I'm like, I'm gonna write now for five hours. I'm gonna write now for two, five minutes. Like I don't, I don't have the same. He's a very disciplined uh, writer. And when you guys met each other at AFI, how did you know this is my writing partner? Uh, because we both had similar sense of humor, honestly. And how was that process writing saved, writing and directing saved? You wrote that together? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I had gone to an evangelical high school, and um, Mike was way further along in terms of being a better writer uh, than I was. But we just uh, we had a blast, honestly. It's so great when you write your first script because it's the only script in a way where you have all the time in the world to, make, to write it. You know, there's no deadlines. No, gives a, no one gives a shit if you're going to write a script. After you do the first one, then, then you start having deadlines and people want the next one and it becomes a different thing. That first one was really, um, really fun. How long did it take you to write Saved? We probably spent, I don't know, I want to say first spent a year writing it and then there was like another year making it and a year developing it. So it was kind of like a process like that. I feel like when you're writing, you never stop writing. You don't, we, we wrote on set, we wrote, um, you know, you write in the editing room, you write, you're just constantly writing. And so Saved was inspired by real life tra evangelical trauma. Yes. How does one overcome evangelical trauma other than just writing a, a, a hit movie I, about in it? In my head, I was like, this is insane. I, I didn't buy it when, it so I didn't. I mean, there are times I think I was obviously you know I was vulnerable, and there there were times when I was more vulnerable than others. But I was like a gay kid at a Christian high school. On top of that, I'd gone to a Catholic elementary school and gone to a Jewish summer camp. So I had like I knew one of them was lying. Somebody was lying in this whole equation. So that's so that's that was your intuition was so strong it really saved you there, um, which goes along with the title. Um, I, so I guess the way to overcome evangelical trauma is just to write a write and direct a hit movie about it. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad I went to that school. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love hearing stories like that, and it's like it's such a rich story because you, it's personal and you lived it. Well, you know, they say write what you know, so I, I'm a big proponent of that. I love that. And if you don't know it, go find out. You know, go research. I've, I've written shows about um, being in the Army, you know, and I've gone to the, I've, I've spent time in boot camp. I've written shows about strippers, and I've been in a strip, stripper, I've been on strip, strip clubs. I've written shows about hairdressers. I've been in hair, you know, like constant go take it all in, like figure out what, um, try to get the, the new, the, the, the nuance is really what makes, I think, something special. Yeah. And you, if you, you, you can't make everything up, you know? Yeah. I think you have to, to kind of lean into stuff. Well, it kind of writes itself too when it's specific, you know, yeah. and you're more just like channeling it. And then, um, 
what do you have coming up? Anything that we should go watch, see, I would support? say the main thing is uh, uh, In the Dark is out now. Uh, my episode aired last week, but I think you can watch it on the CW app for free. And uh, the next episode, I can't even remember who, who directed it, but it's a really great season this year. It's, uh, it's a very it's a very post-feminist kind of show, which I love. I tend to work, I think everything I've ever done has been created by strong women, or at the leads have been strong women, whatever that's worth. I love that. What do you attribute it to? I don't know. I have no idea. I think my mom was a strong woman. Um, um, I think my grandmother was strong. I'm just attracted to, I'm attracted to it. I'm attracted to people who, the women who are, who, um, I'm attracted to strength. I think. I think as being, um, you know, being a gay man, and you know, having to fight for my voice and having to fight to see myself on screen, and then sort of we're going through that same thing now. Um, you know, I get it. I know how important it is. Yeah, I agree. And just wanted to thank you so much for stopping by. All right, I adore you. I can't wait to see you in real life. Me too. Oh, got it. Bye. Bye, Brian. Thank you. Keep it up. Keep up the good, awesome work. Brian Donnelly, go watch his shows, follow his TikTok, and check him out on Instagram. He's hilarious and so talented and really being of service in the world. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I so appreciate you. We could not do this without your support. So thank you so much for sharing the podcast with anyone who you think could benefit or enjoy it on your socials, um, to your email list, etc. And also, if you would like to be a patron of the podcast, you can actually just click on Anchor to become a patron for any amount that you want to pledge per month to keep the podcast going. Any and all contributions are greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week on Let's Process This with Melinda Hill. Yeah.